is Sunday, January 27th, 2019, and welcome to Flickr Effects. This is episode 280. I'm David Lotz. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hey, what's up? Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. And Michelle Hillard. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello, guys. Uh... Real quick uh, for everyone listening, uh, just a reminder again that uh, we have a regular release schedule for our podcast and for Spoiler Effect. Uh, new episodes of Spoiler Effect will always release on Sunday nights at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. And Flickr Effect also, also uh, releases on Mondays at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. So always look out for that. Um, Flickr Effect Podcast is available in Apple iTunes and Google Play Music, the iHeartRadio app. Or you can stream or download the episodes directly from, from FlickrEffect.com. So, yeah, check it out. And thanks for listening ahead of time. Um, with that, let's get right into it. Uh, normally, we like to chat about what we've watched lately. So, hey, Yasha, what have you been watching this week? Uh, well, I started Tag yesterday. Oh, I saw it was on HBO Go. Yeah, it's on HBO. That's why I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, I want to. I wanted to watch this." So, mm. I started it. I have not finished it, so there's not much to report there yet. Um, it's funny. Uh, I'm looking forward to re- seeing the rest of it. I um, I actually remember this story when they and when it was a Yahoo story. Like somebody broke the news on Yahoo, and they were talking about how these guys have been playing this game of tag for the better part of 30 years, and it gets really extreme. And it's basically what the movie is based on. So I'm just looking forward to finishing it. Like, I mean, it's basically these guys just got together and they've been doing this for the past, you know, 30 years. But it's interesting. So, I mean, they've obviously sillied it up a little bit for Hollywood and whatnot, but I'm still enjoying it. So I'm looking forward to finishing it. I enjoyed it when it came out. Uh, I saw it in the theater and I thought it was pretty funny. It was one of the, it wasn't as on the same level for me as Game Night was, but it definitely held my attention and I thought it was cleverly done. And the way they stage some of the action of the tags is pretty cool as well. But yeah, I think you'll enjoy it by the time you get to the end as well. Yeah. They just barely introduced Jeremy Renner's character and he's, okay. he's a lot of fun. And so I know what you mean when it comes to those, those tag moments. So it's, it's good. Like, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far, but, and the other thing that I have started watching um, sorry, my my list is really small this this week. Is I started watching the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. Mm. This is so interesting, but and it's what I don't know what our fascination is is the with the macabre at times, but this shit is wow. <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better way of saying this, it's, it's just fucked up, man. Like it's just really messed up. This guy was really on a whole nother level of just crazy. And it's interesting to see this didn't happen that long ago. Like, that's the crazy part. It's like, you know, there were interviews with the reporters that, you know, broke the case and got him talking. And they were interviewing some of the first responders and some of the police detectives that were working the case when he was around. It's just like this shit was not that long ago. And, you know, these people are still very much alive. Like, it's just it's it's twisted. It's interesting. Like, I don't know if you like. The way that it's edited out, too, is really kind of dark. Almost reminds me of the beginning of Dexter, if you've ever watched that. 
Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's a really uh, interesting. And he's, you know, I kind of got the interest because I wanted to see how he does, how he is. And then with Zac Efron playing him in a movie coming out soon, I wanted to, I want to have that compare and contrast. And I'm kind of interested to see how Zac Efron does because I think he's a pretty fine actor. So I'm looking forward to it. Nice. So that's conversations with a killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, right? Over on Netflix. Yes. yes. Cool. Um, uh, Michelle, what have you, what have you watched this week? Uh, I've, I've not watched a lot this week. I did see cold war. I saw it with you. We did a spoiler effect on that. Um, and then I did watch, uh, Isle of dogs finally. Well, first I was cold war. Oh, okay. Wait, I guess we'll just jump into that. All right. Oh, um, jump in the core. Okay, sure. All right. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed Cold War a lot. Actually, uh, I liked it enough that it it makes me go, man. I wish I'd seen this before the top ten show because it would have been a heavy competitor. I think. Yeah. Um. No, I think it's. I I love the simplicity of the storyline. Even though it's during a very uh, rough, uh, I don't know, it's it's set during the Cold War. <laughs> it's set during the 50s and 60s in Poland and in Berlin and in Paris. And it's the, you know, the height of communism. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a rough one to see as far as the background of what's happening within the story itself. But the storyline, it's, it's nice, a simple love story in a way, just with a lot of tumultuous situations based on where they are and what situation they're with communism. But, uh, the acting is really good. The cinematography is really good. I, yeah, I have no complaints about this film. I really, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I saw it with you and I, I completely agree. And for those not familiar with the movie, as you said, it's a, it's a love story, but I mean, real quick, I'll read the IMDb description, which is very brief. Uh, in the 1950s, a music director falls in love with a singer and tries to persuade her to flee communist Poland for France. And uh, yeah, it's a simple yeah. story, but it's it, it's shot incredibly well. Huh. Um, and uh, but it, yeah, it's brief, too. I think excluding credits, opening and closing credits, it clocks in at 77 minutes. <laughs> so it's wow. It's a yeah. short one. Yeah, it's it's short and to the point. But it doesn't feel too short. I mean, it feels too short in that you're like, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm enjoying this. And oh, that's too bad. It's over. But at the same time, it's I feel like a perfect length for this for this movie. And it didn't need to be any longer. The story comes full circle. Like you come to the point that you're like, that's that's all the story needs right there. Right. Done. But no, it's it's really good. I recommend it. There's no for everybody. Sounds like like you're saying there's. There's no fat on that on that bone. It's just like they get right to the point because 77 minutes. I, I really honestly don't remember the last movie I saw that, that was that short. I haven't seen an animated film that's that short in years. Yeah, right. Like, other than an actual animated short, I have not seen an animated film that is that length of time in a long mm. time. So, yeah, no, it's but at the same time, like it's it's nice that it really just kind of jumps into the situation really quickly. It the pacing is really good though. It's it was nice. Um, you guys should definitely check out the uh, the uh, spoiler effect for it. 
Yeah, and I know we're going to talk about the Academy Awards a little later in this episode, but it was nominated for three mm-hmm. Oscars, uh, Best Foreign Language Film, Best Director, and Best Cinematography. Oh, yeah, like I said, the cinematography is beautiful, and I think, and I know we're going to talk about this, but I think in the cinematography category, uh, this this cinematographer, it, it's going to be between him and it's going to be between uh, uh, Anthony Caron, and not Anthony What's his name? Are you Alfonso? Alfonso Coron. Alfonso Coron. It's going to be between the two of them, I think. It's going to be a showdown between Cold War and Roma. Right. If, if I were to guess, I think that's, that's what it's between. Right. Cool. So you mentioned also you saw, what, Isle of Dogs? Yeah, I finally watched Isle of Dogs. I've been wanting to watch that Wes Anderson film for a while. Um. Yeah, and I finally got to. I, I really liked it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not... It's not a kids movie, but it's not not a kids movie. <laughs> but there's some stuff that's like, oh wow, that's a little rough. But I, I like, you know, I like Wes Anderson's humor, and you get just enough of that in here without it getting just too dark. I think, but it's it's really good. I I like the storyline. I thought it was it unfolds really well, and. I don't know. I just, I enjoyed it. I, the, the actors, they got to do the voices for the dogs, I think are great. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a great little story about like a, a boy who loves his dog and goes to great lengths to go get him and the dogs that rally behind him. It's pretty cool. I liked it a lot. Nice. I'm a big fan. So yeah. Very nice. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'll say real quick. I, like I mentioned, I saw cold war with you. I haven't seen any other movies this week. Um, other than really cold war, I've just kind of been in my, I I've started my game of Thrones, Hmm. my marathon toward April. Hmm. So I'm nine episodes into the first season. I thought maybe you had determined that you weren't going to do it because of a late start or something. At one point, I thought that because I think I had done the math earlier in December and was like, oh, if I watch like four episodes a week, you know, I could start now. And since I because of the holidays that didn't happen, then part of me was like, oh, man, it's not going to work. And and then I think, you know, you and I saw the same article, Bobby, uh, was one article out there that had done the math like as soon as they announced officially the date in April which I don't have right in front of me, by the way, but I think it was Cena had put an article out going, Hey, so if you start on February 6th and watch one episode a day, you'll be good. And then they also gave the dates. If you watch two episodes a day or three episodes a day. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, well, if I go ahead and start now and you know, there'll be days where I'll watch two episodes, which there yeah. have been already. And then there'll be days where I won't watch an episode. It'll, it'll balance out. It'll work. Balance out. So, yeah, nine episodes into the first season. And I will say, it's funny going into it, because I've watched the first, I feel like the first and second seasons probably the most because I've done this kind of thing in the past, you know, kind of binging the show again before the new season starts. Part of me was like, oh, mm-hmm. do I need to rewatch the first two seasons? Do I even <laughs> want to? I feel like I've seen them a lot, you know? And then I, starting to watch that first season now, I'm glad I'm watching it. Because it reminds me, I think what I love the most about the show, which is all of these just great dialogue scenes between really great characters, which as much as I also love these more recent seasons, I do kind of miss that part of Game of Thrones. Like that first season, especially, and even 
I feel like a couple of seasons past that, that wasn't about big battles and, and big moments other than, you know, big, terrible moments like you get at the end of some of these seasons. But, uh, you know, it's just about really great dialogue and great character development. And yeah, I'm enjoying watching the first season. I'm glad I'm watching it. Yeah, I feel like those first few seasons are such a mental head game between the characters and each other and even between just the show and the audience. It's such a head game the whole time. Like you're just you're you're wondering who's who's got the leg up on who like you're constantly just watching it and everybody's talking to each other and you never quite know who to who to believe or who to trust. And it's just such a mind mess like it's just. I don't know, but it's kind of nice watching that. Like you kind of see that development go down throughout. And I feel like it's gotten a lot less of that as the years have gone on, but it's, it's obviously, it's very evident in those first few years. You're just kind of watching everything slowly take its time and uncoil and, and unravel into what is now this huge epic, like, crazy nightmare <laughs> and it is crazy to think like i don't know why but watching this first season again i'm like man this was eight years ago this doesn't mm. doesn't feel like it's been that long obviously it should be obvious we're going into our eighth season but still i don't know why i was like man i don't know why it doesn't feel like it's been eight years <laughs> since we started this run i don't know anyway right. it's funny to watch like the kids grow up like seeing them so young it's like oh god mm. Whew, they were babies yeah, they were super little. All the, all the Stark children. All are the Stark like, children. Wow, like, Ooh. even Jon Snow, he's just this fresh little baby face, soft white, pale baby face little guy, and you're just like, oh, Jon Snow, right. poor thing. You're gonna, go through, you're gonna age so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's. Oh, go ahead, Bobby. I was just gonna ask. Um, do you think after now that you will have watched all the seasons? And then you'll come upon that final season. And once that's over, do you think you'll ever go back and jump into the books, whether you read them or listen to them through audio? I don't know anymore. I, in the past, cause I've read most of the first book. There was one point where I was like, I'm going to read the books. And this was back before the show had caught up with him and surpassed mm-hmm. him. And I was like, oh, man, I want to read the books now. I, I want to kind of get ahead of the show. And so I had started the first book and I had read most of it. And I don't know why I got distracted by something and never finished it. And and then obviously that's never happened. But uh, I had really enjoyed reading it. And there was probably a time that I was I probably would have answered. Yeah, I think I will go and read these books and finish it. But now I don't know, because since the show has passed him and the show is basically doing its own thing, even though I know the producers consulted with R.R. Martin about what generally his plan was going to be, I guess. He kind of gave them like, hey, I, this character's probably, I was going to have him do this and this person do that. Still, like, I don't know if I, after the show ends and then let's say he actually does finish the series, which is also a huge question mark. <laughs> like, will right. he actually finish them? Um, but if he were... I, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to see what he did, especially if it was a lot different or that's tough. That is a tough question because it's like a whole completely different direction. Right. Like you could essentially say, he's like, Oh no, Stark died. Like, you know, three years ago, like, wait, what, you know, (laughs) like something crazy like that. Yeah. So 
I don't know, maybe, but I, uh, right now I think my answer would be no. I think I'm good. I think I like the show and uh, yeah, probably not. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's other than cold war. That's really all I've been watching lately. Uh, how about you, Bobby? What'd you watch this week? So it's funny. There's one movie in the theater <laughs> that came out with uh, call serenity uh, with Matthew McConaughey. Um, right. And it's 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 funny because one of my friends at work, he had sent me a text earlier in the week and he was like, hey, I think I'm going to go watch Serenity this weekend. And he was like, and, and his text, he's like, it's back in theaters. Let him know that um, that's not quite the same movie that you're thinking of. Um and he was obviously thinking of Joss Whedon's Serenity, which was based uh, the movie version or that came after the series for Firefly when it went out when it went off the air. And um, he wasn't the only one who thought that because I was reading Twitter and there was someone I don't know who the person was, but in, in their Twitter feed, it said, please stop tweeting me about Firefly or something. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, I guess a lot of people must have been thinking uh, the same thing in terms of the movie. But I I did not go see that. I stayed home and I watched a couple of different documentaries about the same subject, which is the Fire Festival. I don't know. Have you guys oh, been hearing I about that? I want to watch those. Yeah. Yeah, so, I want to watch that too. Talk so about. So for anyone out there ugh. listening that doesn't know, the Fire Festival was this big event that was supposed to be put on by this guy named Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule. And it was supposed to take place uh, somewhere in the Bahamas. Uh, they had uh, apparently bought an island that was owned by Pablo Escobar and they were going to make it into this big, huge concert event, sort of like Coachella. And uh, it turns out the whole thing was a huge fraud. And there's like these different and varying aspects to the depths in which they went about essentially either fooling everyone or fooling themselves into thinking that they could pull this off. And, uh, the, the Netflix version is called fire, the greatest party that never happened. And that was the one I watched first. And I really liked that one. I think a little bit more than the Hulu one, but I almost feel like it might depend on which one you watch first. But the first, the the Netflix one felt more like a story because it, it builds up to the whole thing and you get these different interspersed interviews and, every, and everything with some of the people involved. But uh, the one that's on Netflix, the, the thing that you have to go into that one knowing is that it's produced by the people who were the marketing uh, company for the fire festival and it's you can kind of tell like with when they're being interviewed on um on 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 film or for the documentary that they're kind to trying to distance themselves from the whole thing whether they were culpable or not they were just really trying to put themselves like hey we were duped just as much as everyone else but then when you kind of watch the hulu version uh which is more independent you it's more just sort of uh, a recollection of all the different things that tended to happen along the timeline. And you kind of get the sense that maybe the, the marketing guys who did the Netflix version knew more than what they were saying they did, because at some point you kind of have to see 
red flags and you would want to kind of either stop what's what's going on out of the pull down with the whole thing but it was all very interesting and i would definitely suggest it for anyone who's interested because it was fascinating just seeing this swirl of events happen and and the people involved and the people who uh, bought into it. it it was it was like i was fascinated and just watched both of them back to back really uh two nights in in a row and it was it was really good so if you have netflix you can watch that one if you have hulu you can watch that one or you can watch them both which is what i did and they, i felt like they both together kind of complement each other and make a a one really well sort of story and narrative from both sides of the the equation hmm. nice yeah it wasn't honestly until you mentioned it to me bobby that i realized there were two i only had known about the netflix one like yeah and, and you mentioned the hulu one and i'm like wait what and then so I, i've kind of heard about them both now since you i discussed mm -hmm. it with you and I, I guess it's my understanding too that the hulu one actually has interview footage of with the guy i don't know his name yeah billy mcfarland right yeah it does and it's it's funny just because netflix had put it out there that they were doing this documentary and then hulu i guess was working on one as well but since they knew Netflix's release date, they released it, I think, uh, a day earlier or, or so before the Netflix one dropped. So it was kind of like, all right, well, I guess they were um, trying to take advantage of the, 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 the little window of time that they had to sort of put theirs out there first. I'd be curious to know which one got more viewers. But, yeah, the, the one I still, regardless of the fact of it showing up on Hulu first, I ended up watching the Netflix one first gotcha uh anything else this week no that's all i got a chance to watch and you know uh, unfortunately there's not much else in the theater so um yeah that was pretty much it cool uh well i guess with that we can move on to uh kind of whatever news has been happening in the world of film tv pop culture and uh, i'll just turn it over to you bobby what's been going on well, not a whole lot. I mean, we just came off of a week this this past week where the Oscar nominations were talked about and mentioned. And there's been a lot of coverage, so I won't bog everyone down with all of the different categories and subcategories. But I was really curious to just sort of kick it off to everyone um, for the Best Picture nomination category. And I'll read those off just so people can know what's in those categories and kind of gauge what we're, where I'm kind of headed with it. But the, the nominations for best picture are black Panther, black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, the favorite green book, Roma, a star is born and vice. And so it's for a while now, I think it's, uh, I won't guess at the years, but I know for a little while now they've had it to where you can have up to 10, uh, nominated movies in that category but this year we got eight and some people are upset that it seems some things may have gotten left off the the list that they thought could have made for it and it does make sort of a strong argument for if you can have 10 why not just do 10 because I'm sure there's we could definitely probably sit here and name two other movies that could easily be in that category but 
just based on the the ones that we have, uh, I'll start with you, David. What of those movies have you yet to see, or have you seen pretty much the majority of them? Uh, I haven't seen Vice. I haven't seen Green Book. I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody. So yeah, I've seen the rest, and okay. yeah, I will say, kind of you mentioning the the eight nominee thing I, that was going to be one of my first things because it's funny since they've started this 10 nominee format where you can have up to 10 nominees but you have to what is it like they have to reach a certain percentage of votes in order to yeah. get and i forget what that percentage is and in previous years you know we've had other years where we didn't get 10 and i've been kind of mostly fine with it this feels like the first year where i'm like I feel like you really could have used all 10 here. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and especially too, I feel like there's movies that are on here that I'm like, I mean, be it, I haven't seen them, but I'm kind of surprised to see them here. Like Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, I, I understand it's a good film, but I also feel like from the general reaction I've heard about that movie, I'm kind of surprised to see it in this category. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm saying that having not seen it. So and I do intend do to see it. I do to? want to check it out. Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you literally um, said it as I was asking it. Okay, no, cool. especially too, with a lot of these movies coming back into theaters because they're best picture nominees, I will actually probably try to see it in the theater. Um, just for that kind of concert experience, you know, I think it'd be nice to see it in the theater. So I want to try to do that because it is available right now to purchase digitally. So, I mean, that's, that's definitely an option, but, um, so yeah, I want to see that. Honestly, I doubt I'll bother seeing vice. I might, I mean, but I kind of doubt it. Really? I don't know. Why? Why is that? I don't know. I just, for some reason, I've somewhat lost interest in it. Like, and I think that's also just based on kind of a lot of the reaction I've read about it. But at the same time, I I also like to see movies like that to form my own opinion. Um, but it it won't be the the first movie I reach out to see. I mean, I definitely would try to see Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody. I think first. Uh, and then I'll just say overall for the category, I mean, I don't know. Uh, this, this is one of those years where I feel like, like this category, I'm kind of left like, meh, like, like at first it bums me out. The first man is not even nominated and, you know, we'll get to the other nominations too, but first man overall for me just really shafted this year. Like it's got like a sound mixing, a sound editing, I think production design and that's it. Like. And that really bums me out. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, this category is kind of like, eh, and then, I mean, I fully expected Black Panther to be nominated here. And I think that's great. Like, I want to be clear <laughs> that I think it's I think it's great that it's getting this recognition. But at the same time, it's tough because it's like, I don't even think it's the best comic book movie of the year. And and part of me is like, is it even the second best comic book movie of the year? I don't know. Like, I know I might even put it at the three spot. So, you know, we all know what the, the comic book movie of the year was for you, David. So let's just not even go there. We, I think we, we all, all know, know that it was, you know, we, we all, all know that it was Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we, we all, all know. <laughs> we all know what it was for all of us. <laughs> right. But I don't know. I, this is one of those years where I look at this, especially the best picture category. And I'm just left going. I just don't even care about Best Picture this year. I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. Wow. I don't, wow. I, I feel I like a lot that, of things got the shaft. I say that, I'm like, you know what, if if 
it's not going to happen, but if like Black Klansman walked away with this, I would be thrilled. Oh, you know, dude. Or, the favorite. Oh, it's not the favorite. I, lo- I love the favorite. If that walked away with it, I would be thrilled. I have to say, you know, you hear all this buzz about Roma getting the award and, you know, I've already said this. I, I guess I talked about it in the top 10 show. It was like, I was kind of yeah about Ro- Roma. I mean, it it, mm-hmm. it looks gorgeous, and I think if anything, it, it definitely earn should earn a best cinematography award. But other than that, I don't know. I guess it just didn't speak to me. I don't know if I'm just missing something. But and I love Alfonso Cuarón. Like he's he's a fantastic director, but I that movie just did not do it for me. So it's yeah. it's tough. Like this is going to be a, a year where it seems like that's probably going to be the winner, and I'm left going, oh okay. <laughs> Like, so that's where I am with best picture to answer your question, Bobby. You know, I really hate the fact that um, I've been listening to and watching a lot of the uh, critics talk about the, the the nominations this year. And one of the things that they pointed out about the the best best movie category is how a lot of times it's synonymous with the best director category, and a lot of the people who are nominated for a lot of the movies that are nominated for best picture, their director isn't nominated. So they're like automatically Xing those out because of the amount, the amount of times that a movie's won uh, best picture without having their director nominated. It's like, I don't know, two or three times within the last however many years. So it's like by those statistics, everyone's sort of picking Roma, but I, I really am hoping that with the influx of, uh, new Academy members we've had within the last couple years and the diversity and the, the people that they're not going to do, ju- just go by those like, oh, well, this movie didn't have their director nominated. So why should I pick that for best picture? I'm hoping that they kind of will like say what they really feel that they went to the movie theater and watched and, and had the best time seeing. And so that um, when we get to that part of the category, maybe we'll be surprised in some way or another. Um, going back to something that you mentioned as far as the Black Panther nomination, I would agree. I mean, in the sense that obviously it wasn't make it didn't make my top 10. So I, I absolutely had other movies that were in that genre ahead of it. But I will say the thing that I do like about it is that for the first time ever, we have a comic book movie in the best picture category. And so I hope that that at least garners enough um, goodwill for future years that it will set the tone that, hey, you can do this because it's precedent now. And so even though I wouldn't have necessarily put Black Panther as the best picture nominated for the comic book movies that came out, it's better that it's in this best picture nomination category rather than best popular movie category that they wanted to do. So that's kind of my take there. And um, I do have I I do have a, a quick bone to pick with you, actually, though, David. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So obviously uh, we share, not specifically share, but we're, we're on Twitter. And so I will see a lot of times when you like something. Oh, yeah. That's and good. so... <laughs> what is your beef with one of my top 10 movies of the year, Green Book? Oh, I don't have a beef because I've never seen it. <laughs> like, I know. That's my point. But I'll see where you like 
things that are sort of saying disparaging things about Green Book. Well, and I'm like, Wait. To, be, to be clear, and this is going to be tough to explain on here to the audience because I don't have the tweets in front of me. But I feel like what you're referring to are tweets from someone in particular who definitely has a problem with this movie. And it's I when, like, for example, when I like those tweets, I think I just get a kick out of his continued like just I don't know how to put it, but his, it, like how, how he definitely continues to share his opinion on Green Book online. And I find it amusing. <laughs> I just do. Like, and uh, and I'm saying that I have not seen the movie. I want to see it. Like I, I mentioned during the top 10 show and I was pulling clips for it. I was like, man, these are good clips. I want to see this movie, <laughs> like, you know, and especially considering I've heard these kind of opinions, like from this person in particular who definitely has a problem with it. And he's saying that from a minority perspective, he, he has a problem with it. Now you were obviously coming from that, you know, a similar perspective, but you enjoyed it quite a bit. So yeah. now I'm I'm definitely left going, man, I got to see this. Like, I want to see where I fall here. But uh, no, I, I think maybe you misinterpret my likes of those tweets as like, yeah, I don't like that movie either. Like, no, it's more just me getting a kick out of this person's constant referencing of his displeasure with Green Book is more. <laughs> and it's a couple people, too. There's a couple other accounts I follow that also have similar opinions that I think occasionally I'm like, I just find it funny. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it does, and uh, that's that the p- perfectly legitimate uh, response. Because I was like, "Why is he like this?" <laughs> for, for, the, for the life of me, I I could have sworn he hasn't seen it yet. So what is he? What? Why? What's? What, what does he have against this movie? And um, yeah. So that was, I guess, my overall takeaway from this particular category is I am interested just because it's nice to see some, like I said, the first comic book movie ever put into the category. And you also have uh, Spike Lee being nominated for Black Klansman. So that's kind of a a thing that you don't see. And there's many times I feel like he's had movies that could have been in that best uh, picture category. And, you know, um, the other ones I, I, fairly liked other than Roma. And even with Roma, it wasn't that I didn't like it. It's just that I definitely didn't have the same amount of love for it that the the critics seem to have for it. I think but, I think you, David and I fall in the same boat well, when it comes to Roma. Yeah. Like I just so, I liked it, but I just don't I'm not as attached to it as apparently the rest of the critics are or the Academy seems to be at this point. They're just I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have to agree with David. Like, I'm really bummed that First Man didn't get anything. Like, I don't understand that. I'm, I'm very surprised. I don't get it. <laughs> so then, Michelle, I, I, and I get that too. What is your big takeaway from that Best Picture category? Um, I will say I'm happy to see the diversity as far as just storylines and. The directors that did it, just the idea behind. I mean, like if you think about it, like Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. These films are it, the diversity that's happening here. I think is great. So I think that's probably my biggest. Like, wow, it's nice to see. It's not just. Uh, I don't know, just your traditional white man Hollywood kind of happening here. We're getting storylines that have 
you know, more complex ideas and background storylines that aren't just, you know, traditional centric to what we've seen in the past. God, I don't even know. The last 30 years, I think, have been very like specific in a way. So it's nice to see that. And I say that I say that and I acknowledge that in the last few years, it's slowly been going back up to to getting stories that come from around the globe and from people that have not a traditional, I guess, upbringing or, you know, storyline. And, and I like that. I like that there's this constant changing and constant um, modification. I think that it still could be more. <laughs> I think we could see best pictures that have even more diverse casts, a more diverse storyline, diverse um, directors and writers and producers. And we're getting there, but it is a slow, slow climb. Um, and I don't, I don't really have any beef with anything that's on here. I, I, I'm a little surprised with Bohemian Rhapsody. And I say that because I feel like it's not critically well received. And I say that and, um, Rami Malek's, uh, portrayal of uh now my brain just Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. I almost said Eddie Mercury. I don't know why. <laughs> and like I'm sitting here I'm like don't say that. <laughs> but his portrayal of Freddie Mercury is just is mesmerizing and it's just so spot on and on point that I think because of his performance they they might be giving this film a little more credit than what credit is due, I guess. So and I say that, and I, and and I'm nothing against the film. It's just more or less. I just didn't think that it was as Oscar worthy as I think it's getting the attention for. But at the same time, his nomination for a leading actor extremely well deserved from everything I'm hearing. So I I definitely don't begrudge that in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, it's fine. I think, like I said, I think I could have easily seen First Man on this. Like easily seen First Man on this list. And even if it hadn't gotten, it, it, you know, it would be fine. But it's just, it's like, wow, it's not even getting the recognition that I think that film deserves. Like, it's surprising to me, you know? Anyways, so yeah, that's about where I'm at. Yeah, I wonder, I really am curious as to what what went on there with that the whole first band thing. Is it, I don't know who nominates yeah. or how they go about nominating, but it's just interesting mm-hmm. because when it was, I don't, I'm not sure if it premiered at Sundance or, or TIFF or wherever it was at initially, but there seemed to be a decent amount of people coming out of it saying they could see it getting Oscar noms. And so for it to start off with the Golden Globes and not really, get that much love and then you're seeing in the Oscars as well where was the disconnect with that movie I'm very very curious about it yeah I mean part of me is like I feel like it's a poor excuse but I guess I find myself wondering like is it because it did play kind of earlier in the fall like compared to a lot of like award uh, kind of contenders do where a lot of them end up coming out in the late November December kind of window since this release like in mid October, but we've had movies that release have released that early before and they've been fine at the awards. So I don't know. I feel like that's poor excuse. And I mean, to answer your question, it premiered at the Venice film festival in August. 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's kind of odd to me, but what do I know? <laughs> well, that just leaves Yasha since he hasn't really had his chance to speak upon what he thought of this uh, best picture category. So I'm curious, Yasha, what, uh, how do you feel about this uh, category? Well, you know, like I've been listening to you guys talking, like everybody's kind of, you know, verbalized what I've what I've thought about so much some of these things as well. Like I'm I'm looking at some of the um the nominations. Um I think, you know, Roma's definitely, you know, since that one's getting a hype or whatnot, the rumors that probably do that. Uh, win. I don't think Black Klansman and Black Panther have a shot in hell against some of these other movies. Um I think, you know, A Star is Born was so critically acclaimed, I think that's you know, that's a front runner as well. I don't think Vice is up there at all. Um, I don't think the favorite's up there either. And I have heard wonderful things about the favorite. And I think Bohemian Rhapsody, maybe, just because the music holds people into the movie. And it's very, almost almost like a sing-along. But I honestly think um, or A Star is Born are probably the front runners when it comes to this category. Um, I would be beside myself if Black Panther won or Black Panther I would be really happy if either one of those won as well um, just because I mean I think it'd be awesome for Black Panther to get a, a, an Oscar you know with a, being a comic book movie um, I don't think they're going to give it to Spike Lee uh, I think they're going to give it to Spike Lee on this movie I think I just I just don't think that that's uh, in the stars I like the diversity and I like how the categories for this that are kind of all over the place when it comes to the stories, but I don't think they really have a chance in hell. I think it's mostly going to be a Rama or a star is born. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting just because it's, it's, I feel like I'm more on the side of the, the idea that like Michelle said, there's a, definitely a lot in there and there could still be more uh, in terms of diversity and just mixing it up. But I like this mix regardless of, uh, I guess, maybe not necessarily regardless of who wins, but I think that these movies being there, they represent a lot of different things. And I, I like the fact that a lot of these movies, practically all of the movies, I like to varying degrees. So it would give these movies more exposure and hopefully more people will go out and, and see those movies. But... I guess overall, did anyone else have any sort of takeaways, maybe from some of the other categories that they wanted to talk about, whether it's any of the Oscar snubs or uh, anything that really stood out to them that they they liked? Uh, I, I'll start. Uh, there was one category that I felt as though one movie got completely overlooked, and I am very shocked and surprised by, and that's in the best documentary category. <laughs> And they completely <laughs> left out the uh, Mr. Rogers movie, Won't You Be My Neighbor. And a lot of people are saying that because they they were right there in terms of seeing that movie and predicting that it would win the category. And I saw it in the theater and thought for sure that it would get at least a nomination. Whether or not I, I felt as though it could win, I don't know. But to not get the nomination, I was completely stunned by that. But... Anybody else have anything else that they thought was curious or weird or, or great? Um, I thought I've got a few things. So in the short film animated, 
Disney, well, I should say Pixar's Bow is nominated and it's the first female directed short um, nomination for animation. I guess I should keep, let me write this down. So it's, so it's okay. Let me, let me back up here. So it's, it's actually, it's <laughs> Pixar's first female directed short film that is nominated, but then it goes into, it's actually one of the first short animated films directed by a female that's nominated. So it's like, there's a lot of little caveats to it, um, which I think is awesome. And then and again here, diversity, you know, this is, uh, a, a Asian Canadian director. She, you know, did this as a homage to her mother <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think it's nice to kind of see that this is this is where it's going. And the sad thing is, is at this point in time, I have not seen the other animated short films, but I would like to do that soon. Um, and then to kind of go back to what I was talking about earlier, cinematography nominees, uh, Cold War is nominated with uh, Lucas Zal, The Favorite with Robbie Ryan, Never Look Away with Caleb Deschanel, Roma, Alfonso Cuaron, and A Star is Born, Matthew Labatique. I don't know who that is, actually. Um, and I think these are all fabulous cinematographers, and I say that, and I don't, I've not known about the the gentleman who did A Star is Born, but I think this one is a tough one because I really, the cinematography and the favorite, I think, is really different and unique. They used some different lenses and different perspectives on a lot of shots. And I thought it was done really, really well, but I really think that at the end of the day, it's going to come down to cold war and Roma, I think are going to go to go head to head on this one. In my opinion, in my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting with that one. Cause I heard some, um, people that were talking about that category and they were talk- talking about the idea that, Maybe it again, it, it comes down to statistics and all, all that the other stuff, but be that the thought process going into it would be let's say that most people are feeling that Roma is going to win for best picture, then maybe they give Cold War the best foreign film movie, right? And instead of giving Roma both, so it's like that seems so. I don't know, kind of disingenuous to me. Like if you're saying, well, I voted for it in this category, so I can't get vote for it again here. I, I, I really hope it makes me think and not, not really understand how people go into their voting aspects for things. Because if you liked it for best picture, you just would think automatically, then it should also be voted for as best form film. So I, I, it's, it's, but then you start playing those things in those mm-hmm. games in your head. Like maybe that's where the, people will do things because when I, I mentioned the uh, won't you be my neighbor slight they were uh, I was listening to some someone talk about that uh, one of the people who was an Oscar voter uh, quest love he said that he I think when they get this this grouping of movies that they can choose from to essentially be one of the nominees he said he saw won't you be my neighbor on the list but they put the movies in alphabetical order and so it was way down there on the list, and he did see it, but he said that he felt like enough people were going to vote for that one, so he put his vote behind something else. What? And so, what? I'm, yeah, so it's kind of <laughs> like... That is the stupidest well, thing I've ever heard. I, I, 
so but that but what makes it interesting as a as a bad thing as well is that I'm sure he's not alone in th- thinking that if people are thinking, well, a lot of people are going to vote for this one, so let me go ahead and vote for this one, so that can get some love as well. Then it it makes you feel like how can you really put a lot of weight behind this when there's this much like non I don't know it just seems like if you're going in to vote you should vote for what you feel even if you think other people are voting for it so that just would strengthen that movie's uh, appeal but it just seems like maybe not everyone has the same mindset going into the way they vote for things and I'm sure that will bear out when we actually watch the awards too I think my only other thing I was just gonna say is you know for animated feature film I'm, I feel it's obvious, in my opinion, for me, that I'm definitely rooting for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And I will say, it getting the Golden Globe was a big woohoo. But um, And then tonight is the SAG Awards. Not that that has any bearing on that. I don't know why I brought that up. Anyways, so... Because it's the... It's the Screen Actors Guild, and so that's obviously the actors voting on these things. And so maybe these same people who are voting in the Screen Actors Guild categories, they're part of the Oscar voting body as well. So maybe the same things they pick there will be the same things they pick in the uh, Oscar. So there could be some sort of crossover there. Yeah, we'll see. But I'm definitely fingers crossed for Spider Verse, and you know what? I'll be honest. I I, I almost feel like, and, and I might be crazy, but I feel like Into the Spider Verse could have possibly been nominated for a Best Picture. I'm not saying it has a shot in getting it, but I'm like, mm-hmm. like I could have seen that. I could have seen that this year, and because I feel like there's not, there's only been a few animated films that have ever been up for it. And this is one that I can be like, I could have seen that happening. I'm a little sad it didn't, though. True. Debbie, you sound like you are about to say something. Well, no, I was just going to jump in and say, for me, I mean, I've already mentioned First Man being snubbed, and that bums me out. That was one of my big takeaways. Um, One of the first things I've noticed was, you've already brought up, documentary feature. I I was shocked to see that Won't You Be My Neighbor wasn't there. And I haven't seen it yet, but just, I mean, I've seen it on numerous top 10 lists and I've heard so many wonderful things about it that it just felt like a lock and to not even see it on the list it yeah that kind of blew me away part of me was like did I miss something is it not eligible for some reason (laughs) like I don't understand what's happening here and and then you hear what you just said about you know the 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 voting and like yeah that bones me out I don't know (laughs) um other than that I mean I would say like I look at best director and I mean there's nobody on that list that I'm like oh man they shouldn't be there I mean I I haven't seen Vice so I can't I can't speak for Adam McKay being in that spot but other than that I'm like yeah okay I could see all these directors being here but then I'm kind of surprised that Bradley Cooper didn't get a nomination for Stars Born I think I just kind of expected that um so I'm, I'm somewhat surprised to see that he's not in that spot but those are my big takeaways from the Oscars um, so what about you, Yasha? Do you have anything that in your mind is something that's egregious or something that was kind of cool? Um, no, but I signed, I signed with Michelle with the, you know, I could see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse being nominated as best uh, for a best uh, film. I'm 
I have high hopes that that wins. I think that movie was just fantastic. And the only other movie on that list that I've seen is Incredibles 2 when it comes to the animated feature. Um, I haven't seen Isle of Dogs yet, but I, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued and I haven't seen Marah. I don't even know what that is. I don't think I've ever seen a trailer for that one in Ralph Breaks the Internet I've seen, but not the sequel, I should say. Um, but no, um, nothing that stands out where I'm just like completely floored or like against the idea of it being nominated, if that makes sense. It's just like, why is that there? Yeah. I've had that when I read over the list. I'm just kind of like, yeah, all right. I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. So I will say then um, the the whole... Guess... Go ahead. Go I guess, ahead. Let me just, yeah, let me just say, like, I guess most of my surprises um, when it comes to the, the reactions that I had have all been pleasant surprises as opposed to upset. Does that make sense? Like, you know, like, I... Yeah. The movie that David's, you know, um, First Man, like, you know, you feel like that was snubbed, but I haven't seen that. So I honestly wouldn't be able to interject my opinion when it comes to whether or not it should be or shouldn't be. Um, for, so it's like, it's all right now, it's all just been pleasant surprises. That's good. I mean, so I, I guess my thing that I was going to say, just to kind of put a bow on it, is that. It seems to me that th- this year there does seem to be a lot more inclusion and some things getting nominated. And, of course, there's more to go. But overall, I, I would say I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with the, the majority of things that are there and, and don't really feel like uh, too many of the snubs are, are just outright uh, terrible miscalculations other than that won't you be my neighbor. But... It, one of the interesting things to come out of it was the fact that Roma, being a Netflix film, got so many different uh, categories that it was nominated in. And one of the other movies, the ballad, the ballad of Buster Scruggs, got a few nominations as well. Yeah. And so that was interesting that Netflix kind of came away with a lot of different nominations this year. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see whether that plays into any part of the voting as well in terms of are people anti-Netflix in the sense that they still want to cherish the movie-going experience, even though Roma did play in the theaters for a limited time. But are they sort of these people who are willing to work within Netflix and with Netflix to to try and um, see something? Than like that and and open those floodgates even more so i am curious from from that perspective as well and i think um one of the one of the other things that i thought was interesting is that the oscars itself they said essentially they without saying they haven't made it official but it seems as though we won't be getting a host this year and they made an additional change into where only two of the best um best songs that are nominated are actually going to be performed best original song that's going to be performed at the Oscars, which is all the stars from black Panther and then shallow from a star is born. So I guess that's one of their first big attempts at trying to cut down the length of the, the, the Oscars this year. So we'll see if that helps. That is so crazy to me. That is so crazy to me. What what part's crazy to you, Michelle? Like them chopping down the original songs. Like, wow, wow. And I'll be I'll I'll be honest. I'm a little bummed too because like 
Um, the Mary Poppins song that's nominated is actually one of the songs that I really liked for that movie. It's it's one of the the few I actually enjoyed for that film, and would have loved to have heard that performed. Oh, dude! <laughs> and I like that song from Buster Scruggs. <laughs> I, that news, I like that song from Buster Scruggs too. Dang! <laughs> no, I hadn't heard that so either you about to, you the hadn't song. Heard that news about? Oh, really? No. Okay. So then. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, me? Uh, yeah. It's surprising. I mean, I guess I'm not as shocked maybe as you are, Michelle, but it is kind of a bummer. Like, it seems... So what made them choose these two songs? Was it a matter of working it out with performers to do the others and it just didn't work out? So they're like, okay, well, I guess we're just performing two, but that doesn't seem... Doesn't seem plausible to me. Like, I, I'm sure you ask somebody, to, hey, you're gonna, can you come perform at the Oscars? Anyone's going to jump to that like unless it's just a scheduling conflict but you know um i don't know it does seem weird i mean in terms of like just trying to cut down the length of the oscars i don't know i guess i'm just not one of those people that complains about the length of the oscars so i guess i'm not the one to ask but to me it's just like going to oscar night knowing it's going to be long like i'm up till midnight i know that that's just that's part of the oscars to me like this whole Mm -hmm. complaint oh it's so late and i'm saying this i live on the east coast and it's sunday night and sure in a perfect world this would be saturday night and part of me doesn't understand why in the hell it is sunday night for the life of me i don't get it you know but whatever fine I, i just it's the oscars it's just one of those nights where i'm like hey you know what i watch it but i guess you know you're trying to get the casual viewer and and a lot of people aren't like me or us where we just watch it no matter what. A lot of people are just like, you know, you go to work and your coworkers, it's those people that are like, oh, man, I'd watch it. But I gave up halfway through. It's just too long. Like, right. like, so I guess I get it. But I don't know. I mean, I will say the the lack of host thing I have mixed feelings on, too. It's like part of me is like it's totally doable. A lot of times the host feels like, why are you even there right. <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways lately anyway? Yeah, I, I, there's there was definitely a a period of time of the Oscars where I felt like it was a a golden era of hosts, <laughs> and I feel like lately, like the, like the Billy Crystal, yeah, exactly. and and the Whoopi, and mm-hmm. who else used to do it? Uh, Steve Martin, and yeah, yeah, yeah like, I feel like that was definitely an era that I'm glad that I lived through that because that was a lovely era of hosts, yeah, that exactly. we had for a long time. And it there's was, definitely been a lot of opening kind of monologue pieces lately that I've been like, uh, he's, 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 we could do without this, like, and I say that, and I, not good. I love a good movie montage, you know, <laughs> that's I great, do. and but, that was what was fun about those old ones because mm-hmm. it was always, oh, yeah, those were. But I don't know. So part of me is like, you know what? I'm kind of okay without having a host. I'll just be kind of curious to see how they handle it. I, you know, since they haven't done it before that, that's my concern. Like, is the opening of the show just going to feel really weird? But I don't see a reason for it to be weird. I, I feel like this show could definitely happen where we don't have a host and almost people don't even notice. Like, it's. I mean, they could just get just any comic or anyone really to do a very short monologue in the beginning of it. But yeah, no host isn't throughout the show. I don't think it's necessary. And we've definitely had shows where we've had like an opening number where you just have a ton of different celebrities partaking in it. And we could have that again here and totally do that. You just don't have a single person who is the host. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Mm hmm. 
But that said, yeah. I, I think Kevin Hart would have been great. I, you know. I agree. Yeah, especially since he wanted to do it. I, I really was curious to see what he would have came up with. And, you know, everyone's going to critique it to hell the next day but and that night. But nevertheless, I still was curious right. to see what he would have done. But right. uh, it would be do. honestly very – yeah, it, it doesn't matter who you are. But it will be very mm-hmm. interesting to see – what they do next year just because they're going to have to go through it again in the sense that whoever they vet, they better do a really damn good job of it because uh, people are going to be waiting and jumping at the bit to tor- sort of tear those people uh, apart in this in, in the way that they start digging and trying to find stuff if it's someone that they don't approve of as the host. Right. Well, I guess that's all of uh, the Oscar stuff there is um i don't have anything else unless you do david no i was gonna say we're i guess we're pretty much running out of time but if you had any last uh, bits but i guess not um so no i don't i don't really have anything else i mean we just saw aquaman pass uh oh, the, God, what was, it? was it the dark knight rises or was it the dark knight yeah no i think it was the dark knight i think dude. it was dark knight <laughs> dark knight okay yeah i think it was the dark um past the dark knight okay. to become the you know, comment, David, you're just like you don't want to live in this world anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I'd send a, a message what? to all you guys about the fact that it surpassed the dark Knight to become what the most profitable DC movie ever. And, and yeah, I mean, again, I know we've, we've talked about it to death. I get it. I know I'm not a fan of Aquaman and it's to me, that's just depressing news. <laughs> it is, you know, like, Especially to surpass a movie like The Dark Knight, which is to me the polar opposite of quality <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> to comic book films, uh, it 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 hurts, and 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 I'm saying it too. Like I'm not saying I hated the movie. The movie's fine, but it's definitely not what I wanted. And then for this kind of stuff is what what bugs me most about it is because to me it just it just means more more of this. And when it makes that much money, it's just we're going to see more more of this, and that it's so not what I want. So anyway, so the Oscars Sunday, February twenty fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Um, as always, we'd love to hear back from everyone listening. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com with your questions or comments. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at Flickr underscore effect. And by the way, these shows are also available in their audio form over on YouTube. Um, you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Flickr effect. So just check us out over there if you like. Uh, with that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. I'm Yasha Wilson. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.